Tonight we're going to be discussing our review of the Glen Scotia Victoriana. It's a great bottle. We scored it a 325 altogether. We're also going to be discussing NAS whiskeys. What does it mean? How does it compare H Scotch? Is it good, bad, indifferent? Who knows? We're going to talk about all that. And then Dr. Scotch is going to be stopping by. We're going to be discussing E150 and how that affects our whiskey. Four dummies. Four guys on a scotch journey to help you with your next scotch purchase. I'm Drew. I'm Sean. I'm Andrew. And we have two additional guests. I'm Mike. And I'm Eric. Woohoo! Nice so, job, so, gentlemen. Nice job. Right. First podcast. That was, that was great. Good. That was good. <laughs> Solid. We are, uh, we're missing Mark this evening. I don't know if we're missing him, but he's not here. Um, so we really haven't been <laughs> no, missing work. We're, we're, uh, we're sad he's not here, but we have uh, Mike joining us and Eric, our neighbor, as well. So we got some stuff to go through tonight, guys. We're going to be talking about our review this week, the Glen Scotia Victoriana, yes. which got a lot of comments it did. from us as well as everybody who watched the review. Um, you just are having a glass right now, Eric. Yeah. Uh, what are your initial thoughts I, on it? Do you like it? I do. It's really smooth. Um, I just like because I'm not a I'm not a big Scotch guy uh, yet, uh, but <laughs> that bottle to me is really good, really smooth. Yeah, I really we enjoyed like it. it a lot. Yeah, I, I like I'm, it. I'm actually going to pour it right now. Yeah, I just I poured a little bit before we went live, and then man, you got it's a sweetness on the nose. I mean, I had forgotten how sweet it is. I mean, it's just mm -hmm. it has a beautiful nose that you can sit there and spend all night with your nose in the glass. Our first yeah. Glen Scotia uh, official review. Yeah. Of Glen Scotia. Yep. And it, it, it actually uh, we had a lot of praise uh, before we got this bottle. We heard about it, and that's what reason we picked it up. And you know what? It didn't let us down. And and the thing is, it's a non-H statement bottle. It is. That's an interesting segue for Wow, show. that's crazy. Wow, we really cool to talk about. It's also like we guys playing. It's like we put this all together. So Tom R would um would agree and he was we were talking on, on a pre show how he's got the the uh Glen Scotia Victoriana and the Glen Scotia eighteen. He's like the Victoriana's possibly better than the eighteen. And I'm assuming it's a lot less, but I haven't checked the prices on it. Yeah, I don't know either, actually. Maybe you can comment. But we're quickly glad. I want to shout out to a good friend of ours, uh, No Nonsense Whiskey, Vin, over yep. in uh, England. He sent us some new coins. Yep. yep. Um, so if you haven't got them yet, go the follow him, subscribe to him. But uh, these coins are really nice. I really like the colors. Yeah, that's cool. This clear one is the clear amazing. Is really that's cool. really cool. So. Yeah, sure. Put that one up. <laughs> and then his too. classic hand on the back. Yep. Awesome. Show them the clear coin. And then the clear one, you'll be able to see, still be able to see Sean's face. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> Sorry, viewers. No fixing that. They make perfect uh, hats for your whiskey glass if you need want to keep the flavors in there and let them kind of I, meld up. I believe we have a case coming to display all of our coins. We're going to have to find we a do. home for it. Yeah. We have sure a stack, and there's so many cool... Mm -hmm. Whiskey tubers doing so many cool coins that I mean, hell, we've uh, got 13, we just got yeah we've got a 14, ton and we want to show them off yeah. so we're uh, we're getting a case to put them up in that'll be it's always easy awesome. to see the different uh, you know tweets or Instagrams or even on Discord people posting you know their collection like we had one today and it was like oh I think it was Sunday evening Scotch he posted it all over his floor it's like dude you you have a lot of coins mm -hmm. yeah it's there's cool. the difference between the eighteen and the one you have. So the Victoriana comes in at eighty nine, about ninety bucks, and the and the eighteen is one twenty. Yeah. 
No, interesting. Okay. So, so. so a little bit more expensive, but uh, for the 18 than the Victoriana. Correct. Um, oh, but to be um, honest, I think that this big... is a really reasonably priced, really nice glass. So, did you try it yet, Mike? And so I'm so, still at Pickle Rick. So ho Hoagie was. Um, <laughs> is there a batch number on the box? So Hoagie was saying that they they may be on their third batch of the Victoriana, but I can't see on this if there's any batch indication. Number. It is. Um, 51.5% ABV. I don't know if that matters, if they if that changes between batches, or if that is consistent. I would think it would be on the bottle. There, there is a, a lot number on the bottle, but I haven't deciphered it, so. Anyway, it's uh, it's interesting. This is not an H statement. What did we say the price was again? 89? 80, 80, 90, 90, 90, 90 bucks. Yeah. So a lot of people, um, you know, it's it's different with the tariffs and just buying scotches in general these days. Yeah, you know, I, I would think if you would ask me four years, I asked you four years ago, Mike, you, you started buying bottles back then as well. You know, like 80 bucks for an on each statement back then was, you'd be like, whoa, hey, hold on for a second. That's that's a lot of money that's for of money. something that doesn't have age on it. Right. But things are different now. Yeah. Well, I don't want to get ahead of myself a little bit, but this is a bottle that's more accepting. Of, it, it's exactly so right. It is more before accepting. we get to the, the segue to that. But it's a it's a it's a nice bottle. It's I think it's worth the price, but I still get that tootsie salted tootsie roll on the palate. Uh -huh. So one of the things to note is it, with our review, we gave it a three point two five out of four finger pour. So what two threes and a three five two three fives. Essentially, that's saying it's a great bottle. It's worth the price. You should have it on your bar if it's available. Um, you know, anybody you could share this with would be happy with it. I don't know anybody that would, would not enjoy this bottle. Even if they're not necessarily Scotch people, if they're bourbon people or, you know, right. Eric, you can say that. Yeah. You can agree that it's, it's nice to have. Yeah, oh, Scotch on the Bayou. She's answering the question of the 51.5 is the older version, oh. where the current batch is 54.2. She should have a YouTube channel now. See, that's why. It's a decent increase. That's yeah, why really? I love our viewers because they, they can do that research for us. A question and, will come up and. Wow, Tom got it for 65 bucks on sale. That's a great deal. <laughs> and if you can find it for that all day long. All day long. Well, and that's why we do this because when you go into the liquor store, you're able to evaluate what you're looking at yeah you know if that scotch is in the discount bin is it worth picking up yeah. you know is it is it a really good bottle that just nobody knows what what it is right. or is it kind of a crappy bottle that everybody knows what it is and they just don't want it <laughs> uh, yeah. but, i mean totally it, it could be either yeah. or and so i i think that this is a really interesting bottle um i, I really like it well, it was, it's, it was it's a good enjoyable. inspiration for the topic tonight. I think Andrew kind of thought about it too. Tom's talking about it right now. He, you know, he got the Victoriana for sixty-five, but the fifteen is sixty-five as well. Mm -hmm. That's when you start having those conversations in your head a little bit, especially if you've not had them before, and go, "Wait a minute, I want to buy a fifteen-year-old bottle, yep. or something that's at least three years." Well, I know we picked this up based <clears> on <throat> some some people that we trust that had had this bottle right. that really enjoyed it, including Scotch on the Bayou. Mm -hmm. um, I believe Sunday Evening Scotch had a bottle and really enjoyed it. And so we wanted to try it because there was a lot of, right. of chatter about how, how good it was. And we haven't had a lot of Glen Scotias. No. Um, in fact, this is our very first actual review of a Glen Official Scotia. Official review, right. Um, we've, we've had Glen Scotias before, but this was our first review of one. So I, I enjoy that we got in on an NAS expression from the distillery to just kind of see what their baseline is before you start, you know, going north of 100 bucks. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's... 
a very enjoyable glass. I poured a dram. I'm just going to keep setting it aside. And uh, no rush on the pickle, Rick. Take your time. Well, uh, but I want to I want to kind of examine it as it gets a chance to sit and air out a little bit. <laughs> Um, because we had some discussion about that as well. It is a little bit tight. It's a it's a big whiskey, and it needs time to kind of open up and show you what it's got. Correct. Trooper Henry and um, Raymond Garcia both agree scotch is expensive. So you're right. You know, if you're if you're used to buying bourbons, you know, ninety bucks for a bottle is like wow, that's really expensive. Mm, uh, for what? What? For, for what? Bourbon or scotch? For bourbon. Not anymore. Well, no. okay. So so tell <laughs> us what what is the bourbon market done over the last six months ex six months over the last about two years it's yeah. absolutely exploded where you, you henry, henry mckenna right. was a, a, a 20, bottom shell 29.99 dollar bottle now it's 45, 45 to yeah. 60 bucks depending I, on I, really. I used to buy that by the case, case. yeah <laughs> no it's, it's so it's and now it's like an allocated item and you have to beg right. for a bottle right. it's like really but, I mean, it's good bourbon. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good bourbons out there. You know, right? that's just one, whether it has to do with scotch or even even bourbon. Um, I think right now... Brown bourbon, spirits in general. Yeah. All, yeah. As I said. You know, Japanese whiskeys are hard to come by. It's all hard to come by. All these, you know, all these great people that watch this, listen to this. You know, there's a lot more... I don't know. Is there a lot more people getting into actually being educated more? about whiskey than there was 10 years ago? I, I think to some extent, but I it get a lot of people- went through the vodka and rum stage, so people didn't really look look I at think it's whiskey a as much. It is. It's just a thing that people are doing. Yeah, it, It's a generational it's thing. It's kind of like if you're into microbrews, and like it's just one of those things that people have kind of gone into as, yeah. a, as a hobby. I honestly yeah. think that part of the push for it was the, the craft cocktail boom mm -hmm. and getting back into some of the like really high-end craft cocktails. Mm -hmm. Because cocktails, to be fair, like when we all went to college, there there was no craft involved, right? <laughs> no. Like no. it was there was some stuff done <laughs> together. Right. How cheap is it? No, I don't care. Your, you know your whiskey sour, your right. old fashioned. Yeah. Coming out of yeah. a Maybe lime garbage pail. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe lime. Maybe <laughs> lime. For, just for dip years. My, dip my cup in there. I, out. I don't even care. For years, you know, whiskey sour yeah. was cheap whiskey and sour mix. And yeah. that was it on ice. You know, I made whiskey sours the other day with egg whites and fresh squeezed lemon juice. Of course you and, did. You know, <laughs> and you've got to shake it three different ways and put ice in a couple of different times to get it You're to foam right. Sour, right? But, but I mean, it's, it's a... You can't pour before, be under two feet. It's not well, called a whiskey sour anymore. It's but, something yeah. else. But that's how they Gourmet used to whiskey. make it. That was a craft. So when you used, you know, when it was invented, that's how it was made. And then they got away from that and, and shortcutted it down to here's some sour mix in a bag in a box that you're going to just spritz yeah. in there. And it's not the same drink. So mm -hmm. as people got more and more accustomed to, oh, I, it's 8 nine, ten, fifteen bucks for this cocktail, but it's a really good drink. And then they started asking, well, what's in it? And now you've got an educated consumer that wants to purchase higher end whiskeys or whatever right. is in there because right. they understand the value in it. Yeah. And so I think that drives them to things like this where Higher they're purchasing whiskey. better things for their home bar things that you can't get you're not going to see Glen Scotia Victoriana on 99.9% no. no. of the of the whiskey menus around the country hell no Correct. but yeah. you know you can find this in a liquor store 
Well, interestingly, around here too, like I'm, I was yeah. surprised to find it. I, they had it at two stores. So it's obviously it's making its rounds. Yes. Yeah. There's a big enough volume of it. So I, I think that this is definitely a bottle worth, you know, I mean, if you bump it into it on a liquor store shelf and it's 70, 80, maybe 90 bucks, it's probably worth picking up. Pick it up. And yeah. people are going to do the same thing you guys did. Somebody that you trust is say, suggesting it and mm -hmm. try it out. And you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting flavor pro profile. I mean, it's not quite like... When you, you ask your question, so and I'll ask you guys. So when you go to a liquor store and you're looking at a bottle you've not you've not heard yet or not seen before or had before, etc., you're like, what is this bottle? Do you do you start researching right then as far as YouTube or researching people, or do you just take a chance and be like, I know that distillery, I'm just gonna grab it and buy it? I've I've, mm. I've probably done both. I've probably done both because you know I watch you guys, I watch quite a few other people. Yeah. I would probably um, do less research and just buy it and try it. Okay. From a name, but brand. you're you're probably in a budget perspective too, right? Or no? Well, yeah. I mean, if I hadn't heard of it, I'm not gonna, you know, spend a hundred bucks or right. something. Yeah, right. that's tough. Hundred bucks is not not something you want to do. No. Well, day. and that's why we got together. Because to be honest, a hundred bucks for for one of us to throw down for a bottle right. probably weren't gonna do it. But if we're throwing in money every week because we're coming over to try scotches, then it becomes a little bit more yeah, of that's, a that is twenty five dollars. Yeah. 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 I'd probably, if, if a bottle was around 60 bucks, unknown by me, I'd probably pull the trigger just yeah. for, I'd probably, that'd probably be my limit is 60. So Michael yeah. says he pulls his phone out and does some digging. I, I do the same thing. I've, I've gone to a couple and I've researched a few things if I didn't know, like, what, who is this? Like, I, that one right there, that, uh, I think it was Berry Brothers, that Brora. Um, I was like, what Blur is this? Apple. Yeah, or Blur Athol, yeah. And I was like, uh, Brora, I used to go uh, early. I'm like, Brora. Um, Blur Athol, and I was like, what is this? I, I was I very excited for a little bit. Wait, what? <laughs> what, what, that? Do we <laughs> what are you talking about, Drew? I'm like, nothing. Nothing's in the glass. <laughs> well, and, and I tend to do, this is not do the research you're looking for. <laughs> because, you know, guns, so the Victoriana, it's not my wheelhouse whiskey. It's not, it's not, um, it's not peated. It's not real rich in flavor, but it's a good bottle. And so I probably would shy away from this because I don't think their stuff is very peated. And I tend to, if I buy a bottle that I don't know that maybe it's a sherry or a, I tend to get mm -hmm. disappointed because I like mm -hmm. the rich flavor. So if I'm going to drop a hundred bucks on a bottle, I want something with like rich flavor and something that's like fantastic. And I would be probably disappointed. But the beauty of having a whiskey group is, yeah, you can put a few bucks in and everybody gets it. And it helps. if three yeah. quarters of the people like it, great. I wouldn't. Take it to your bar. I enjoy the flavor. I learn from it. I you know do all that, but it's not something I would normally drink. So, perfect. like for me, if I was I don't buy bourbons. So if I wanted to go buy a bourbon, I would personally look up someone I, I knew and be like, okay, I don't know anything about this. What do they do? How much is this going to cost me? Is it worth the price? What's what's fun? <laughs> Michael, who is also a Rick and Morty fan, is very excited about the pickle Rick bottle. Uh, but we have a lot of people commenting that they ended up with too many bottles on their shelf because of us and the reviews that they looked at while they were at the liquor store. Which, yeah, that's true. You know, I I can tell you guys that is probably the highest praise we get it because is. the whole reason we started it was because we were confused going to the liquor yep. store, and so the fact that Five we're helping later. you guys out and you're finding cool bottles because. You know, you're watching us and we're recommending stuff that we enjoy. Like, that's a really cool thing for us. It kind of goes with what I was kind of saying earlier is the fact that I think more people are doing that research. And so I think I more think bottles right. are being purchased because True. there's more research available. Well, yeah. and it's readily available. 
It's um, right. yeah. Or these Glen Scotias or to me the the advent of blogs and YouTube channels has has let common people yeah. who don't have any training and don't have any real skin in the game let their opinions be heard about what's good, what's not good, what they like and don't right. like, and people follow those people that have similar palettes and it lets them explore things that they yeah. may not know with a little bit more confidence because yeah. somebody that they trust enjoyed that bottle. And, and so let's be honest, that's there's a plethora of people out there now doing this. Yeah. I mean, when we started doing people. it five years ago, there was a handful, yeah. Right? Yeah. but now yeah, everybody's doing yeah, it. Technology's easier. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. just like websites and stuff are easier to spin up. So there's a lot of information out there, not just for scotch, for bourbons, for any kind of yep. rums, yeah. tequila, yep. cocktails, woodworking. whatever. I mean, right, YouTube yeah, alone has become the go-to oh, yeah. for how yeah, do I true. change a bike tire? Let's go to YouTube. Right. Like, huh. I mean, it's just yep. people are people are going to the internet to find out things. Tom R says, "Don't forget podcasts." In podcasts. Thank you for listening, folks. <laughs> we appreciate you guys every yes. single week. Thank you very much. So, Glen Scotia, the Victoriana. Uh, I think we all enjoyed it. If you see a bottle, pick it up. See what we got. Uh, so our main topic for the evening is the NAS whiskey, all right? What does NAS mean? So non-age statement whiskeys. So most scotch, scotch in general, tried to train up at least the American market uh, to appreciate the age statement and to associate it with a more valuable whiskey, right? So if you were buying bottom shelf stuff, if you were buying a bottle of Cuddy Sark or, you know, whatever, they just, you know, it's a blended a whiskey. That was associated with lesser <laughs> quality, maybe. Um, and so they slowly train people up that, you know, if it's if you see a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old, the 12-year-old's better. And it's worth more money. Yes. And it's, it's a marketing tool, right? There's... You know, I mean, we've all had 12-year-old whiskeys that were just as good as 15- or 18-year-old whiskeys, or maybe yeah. better, at half or a third of the price. So, you know, it's a marketing tool for the distillery. Obviously, they incur more costs the longer that it ages. Mm -hmm. But as the brown liquor craze heated up over the past few years, which we've all been experiencing in, <laughs> in not being able to find our favorite whiskeys anymore, or if you do find them, they're three, four, five times more than what they were, or you have to put your name into a, right. you know, some sort of lottery to get a hold <laughs> of one. Two hours. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous out in the rain, and, you know, then they don't call your name, and they give it to somebody that, you know, bought more booze than you, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> Sounds like a so as that, yeah, right. as that all ramped up, and, you know, I mean, it's bars, too. I mean, we're... Yeah. We need something to put on the shelf, and if the 12-year-old or the 15-year-old is a little too expensive, if you get me something that's a little cheaper, I can run through a lot more of it. And so what happens is the distilleries go back and they say, well, you know, I don't, I don't really have stock of 12-year-old whiskey. We weren't expecting this 12 years ago. Yep. But what I do have is a lot of three-year-old whiskey. <laughs> so let's talk about what, what is the definition of NAS? So it, it can be any age. So you get some whiskeys that are NAS that are composed of older stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and, and have really good profiles. And then you get some that is obviously just slapped together to put a bottle Barely, on the shelf. Yeah, so, and does the bottler know the age of it? And they just don't put they it don't, on there? They don't they, they, yeah. Yeah. It's illegal. So, so for so scotch. For, for, for scotch, for well, scotch has to be aged no less than three years. Correct. Right. So that that's one thing. If it's a scotch whiskey, it's got to be aged no less than three years. Um, but so if it's an aged whiskey, though, it mu everything in that bottle must be at least that year 
12 years old, you know, so it's a 12 year old whiskey, it's got to be at least 12 years old or older. Okay. So, so they can put an 18, they can put a 25 year old barrel in there, but it, it, the minimum but everything age everything has to is, be at is least that. the 12. So with a non-age though, the minimum is three, but you may have some 25, you may have some 30 year old, That's you right. may have some 15 year old in there to, to blend it. And that, in my opinion, is a genius move. It is. Because you know, when you when you work through um, aging whiskey, the, the barrel influence, you know, probably, especially if they're new first fill barrels, is going to be most um, most impactful if they're small or in the first few years of, of aging. So you get a, a big surge of quality of, of improvement of the new make in those first three to five years. But you get some some richness and depth and power that comes in those 25. So if I'm selling 25-year-old whiskey for $500 a bottle, or I could put one barrel of that 25-year-old in with this non-age statement and make a really nice blend because you get you pull all that that rich power out of that old barrel, put it in with 100 barrels of three-year-old, and you get a, a fairly nice whiskey that you can sell for $90 a bottle. You're making bank. Because those three-year-old bottles are not three-year-old barrels are not worth anywhere near that twenty-five, but you can sell it for a third of the price, and the twenty-five-year-old barrel just boosted its value. Yeah. So I, I think that all the NAS whiskeys that we have tried, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but they fall into two categories. You have the NAS whiskeys where you have the master distiller that really wants to do something nice, mm -hmm. and there are distilleries out there that really want to put out a quality product. The they Toriana don't want to put their name like on a crappy bottle. Mm -hmm. And then you get some that are just like, you know what, they're going to buy it anyway. You know, so let's just go ahead and, and shovel this out the door. Is it crappy whiskey? Sure, but somebody's going to buy it. And eventually they're maybe going to make their way up the market line, you know, because this bottle was only $25. Maybe they'll make it up to a $40 or $50 bottle down the road and they'll start to appreciate nicer whiskey. Yep. Do I have a problem with the cheap crap? Yeah, because I think it turns off people that might appreciate scotch down the road or whiskey down the road. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that it, it turns them off from that because, you know, I don't know how many people I talk to, and I'm sure you guys are the same, where you talk to somebody and you're like, oh, I love scotch. And they're like, oh, that stuff's horrible. You know, <laughs> I tried my dad's bottle of, you know, whatever back in the day, and it was just bad, right? Mm -hmm. And, and I mean, it's it's a question of what did your dad have on his Wrong bar, forward. right? Yep. Yeah. You know, I mean, not everybody has a good whiskey selection <laughs> in their house. And so if they just have a bottle of crap, right. or they just don't, they're inexperienced. They're not they don't educated. know where, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they don't know. I mean, yeah, if you see Scott, you you have a Cuddy Sark or a Dewar's uh, White or a Johnny Red on, because they're easily, easily accessible, they're affordable, you taste it. Like this is scotch? Right. I'm not sure that's great. So I, I think that American Scotch Doctor has a great question. Not right. to ask the same question twice, but what justifies not putting an age statement on a bottle? The the not justifying it, I think, comes with the fact that maybe you're blending together a lot of different whiskeys from a lot of different ages. That's the key. And so you've got a fair amount of younger whiskey, so maybe five years, seven year whiskey. Or even three, and, you know, 10% yeah. of three years just to bulk up the batch. But then you've got, you know, maybe back. a couple of barrels of 18 and a couple of barrels of 25. And so you're rounding out the whiskey with some of that older stuff, adding depth and complexity. 
to some of the really good backbone of that younger whiskey. And so you've got this like deep breadth of ages in the, in the bottle. And I think at that point, the age statement really doesn't apply. Yes, I mean, and correct. I'm sure that there's aged bottles that it doesn't really apply to. But, you know, if I'm a distiller, I'm not trying to dump 25-year-old whiskey into a 15-year-old bottle. No. Right? I mean, you may have to occasionally because you just, you know, depending on what's going on or how those barrels turned out. But I would, I would think for the most part, if it's a 15-year-old bottle, for the most part, you're talking 15, 16, maybe 17-year-old whiskey yeah. going in there. They're going to try and keep it as close as they can. Whereas, to me, when you get an NAS, it really lets the master distiller and the blender kind of come together and make something special. Um, and I think that there are NAS whiskeys that we've tried that are very special. Absolutely. I mean, our first first four-finger pour whiskey was right. the King Alexander, yeah. and that's an and NAS what is that? whiskey. That's an NAS. It's a non-age so, statement whiskey at $200 a bottle and, it's, and deserves every bit of it. And it's excellent, you know? So I think that there's a lot of... NAS whiskeys out there that deserve some some ridicule and and some scorn because they're putting out a bad product, but I think there's a lot of NAS whiskeys that don't deserve that. That are putting out really quality whiskey. That are trying to do a good job. That are trying to fill a gap in the market because of the demand for whiskey, and they've got to put something out, right? Yeah. So I, mean, I, I think filling that gap is the key, and plus it gives it gives a master blender full range of options. So I've got a three year old whiskey that is in a, in a four-fill bourbon cask. So it's basically neutral spirit, a little bit aging. I can put that in a Bordeaux cask, get that rich Bordeaux flavor, put it in, you know, finish it for two months in a Bordeaux cask, put it into my blend, fantastic. Fantastic flavor component in that blend. But now I gotta age it as a three-year-old whiskey and nobody's gonna buy that three-year-old whiskey. But because they've taken the time and put it in a different cask, paid extra for that Bordeaux cask and gotten that flavor component and put it into that blend, it makes a really nice balanced blend. But you're not going to put a three-year because nobody's going to buy it. Nobody's going to pay more than 15 bucks for a three-year-old whiskey. That's know. why. I would. If it's labeled that way. Well, see, that right. exactly. If it's labeled a three-year-old, that's why an NAS gives you the ability to work with that, yeah. use young whiskey, and do some things with the barrels and different flavor components and all that kind of stuff to make a... a, a to, much better whiskey. To be truly transparent, uh, <laughs> we we did pay like over a hundred bucks for a three year old whiskey. Uh, the the one from uh, SMWS that SMWS. was the uh, the Lowland uh, uh, Little Mill. Yeah, yeah, Little Mill. So that was a, that was the first whiskey they'd produced, and it was great. Well, it, it actually was. It was young and bright, and felt it felt young, but. It was the first whiskey from the distillery, even before the distillery release bottle. But I would call that a one-off. How about that? That was one-off. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that there's a lot to be said for NAS whiskeys. Yeah. Mike, have you had any that you really enjoyed? For NAS whiskeys? Yeah. Either bourbons or scotches or whatever else. Um, that's a good question. I mean, I can ramble on for a while while you think about it. I know. <laughs> Mark's not here tonight, so I'm doing the double duty of yes, talking continuously. Um, and I mean, I I can fill that shoe. You're you're okay talking. <laughs> yeah. So, question, Eric, have you do you remember whiskeys by their age or just by the brand? Essentially, when you have a when you go through whiskeys. Uh. So what what is I your? I would say probably the brand. Okay. So what is your whiskey kind of? 
profile? What's your experience been with whiskeys? Um, you mean what do I what do I like? What do you like, and what kind of what and what what don't you like? Kind of what's that flavor profile um, for you? I like a I like kind of a sweet, caramely. Um, like a bourbon or more okay. bourbon? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's where you I'm, drink more I'm, bourbons. Yeah, I do drink more bourbons. And yeah. so you you buy predominantly by brand. So because you, you know and trust that yes. what the the material they're putting out yes. and to do that. And so the age doesn't really. But I do flat. look for I I look for age. Oh really? I, okay. Yeah. Oh, you do look for age. Well, I, yeah, I tend to kind of go both. You know, if I'm if I'm there to buy something quick, maybe it's just brand. But if I'm yeah. trying look maybe wanting to try something new. Um, I would send, tend to probably look at age. Okay. I think. I, I know one of my my wife's favorite whiskeys is Wild Turkey 101. Definitely not an age statement. You get, yeah. I mean, it is a, you know, you buy the big bottles because it's, it's affordable That's and a you fantastic need it. And it's a great food. whiskey. And, yeah. and, 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 but it's not, I mean, it's a rye, heavy rye. Here, discuss that amongst yourselves. So NAS is, I mean, honestly, let's let's talk about the other side. The flip, flip the coin okay. a little bit. Let's talk about the other reason why they're doing. It. Obviously, they're doing it because, well, hell, they're like, oh my gosh, we can't keep up with the yep. demand. We got to put something out there to keep making money, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and so they're getting tricky. It's marketing as well, and they're so they're they're doing certain things that maybe they're like, hey, let's let's keep this as a business opportunity. We've got X number of casts back here that are probably four years old right now let's yeah. put those in something let's throw in like you said earlier let's throw in that 15 like a and make a slara batch out of it yeah. like that to keep it something going and they're being creative <clears throat> about it so it doesn't mean it's bad it's just something different so there's, there's a different side of the house too that you don't know what you're getting sometimes you get winners yeah sometimes you don't yeah but it is what it is it's keeping the lights on in the business right now because you i mean you can't rush time well, and I also yeah. think that it allows the distillery True. to be a little more nimble than they were in the past. Right. Yes. I mean, if your if your business model was always sell some to the blenders and put out a twelve year old whiskey, and that was your steady go to, this is what I'm going to do, and you get to a boom cycle and you can't keep up, so you add a couple of stills, you take out some loans, and then you get to that bust cycle. And nobody's oh, buying your 12-year-old whiskey. <laughs> yeah. And so now you have a problem. Whereas now this allows you to not add distilling capacity, but utilize some of that younger whiskey to ride you through that boom so that when you hit that bust, you haven't, you've made money and you haven't taken out a bunch of loans. You're not underwater. It allows you to be more efficient with the product that you have on hand. Yeah, the, the problem we run into then is in five years from now, we don't have any 12-year-old whiskey because we just sold it five years ago when the bus, when the boom was going. True, so. and so, but that also allows them some time to increase capacity while, you know, for the future, for the yeah. long haul, while you're still increasing capacity currently. I mean, so for instance, not a Scotch one, but tequila. There was a tequila boom several years ago mm -hmm. and agave takes a long time to grow. It does, yeah. It's a, it's a very slow growing plant. And you can't just throw some seeds on the ground and then harvest it in six months, right? Yeah, like it's it it's a years-long years process. And so when they when they had that boom, there just really wasn't much they could do about it. And I mean, yeah. you're not gonna capitalize on the fact that people are like, well, good tequila is really good. Like we should drink some more of it. Well, there's only so much, you know? And so yeah, whiskey's kind true. of the same way. Whiskey's got a better But I, I think that the NAS, you know, I mean, we've seen more and more as we've been doing this over the past five years 
you know, when we first started, people were very disparaging about NAS whiskeys. Yes, they were very right. like, oh my God, you don't want that. Go get the 12 year or the 18 year. Oh, we got beat so up for much a while. better, you we know? Beat up all the time. And and now, you know, NAS whiskeys are, you know, I'm drinking the Ugadale right now, the Erd Bay Ugadale. That's an NAS whiskey. Nobody complains about that. No one's going to say anything about it. Nobody says a word about it. <laughs> and it's a really good whiskey. There's nothing wrong with it. So I, I think that they're starting to shift the market. And, yes. and so people are still focused it's on... Kind of normalized. Yeah, they're, they're focused on the age statement still a little bit, but it's not so prevalent that people are going to discount that bottle. Is that fantastic bottle in NAS? Which one? The 10 new batch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. The batch, batch. Seriously. I mean, honestly, we have a bunch of NAS bottles sitting on the bar that are absolutely exquisite. Yeah. So, you know, I, I would encourage everybody, the viewers, the listeners on the podcast, don't discount a bottle necessarily because it's an NAS. Because there's not a number on it. Yeah, yeah. because there's some really good bottles. Now, also don't necessarily assume that it's going to be an okay bottle. Don't judge the distillery by the NAS because if they're putting out some crap, you might end up with a crappy glass. Uh, I'm not gonna. So I'm not gonna say that. Yeah. So I would recommend if it's a non-age, you need to do some research before you buy it. Yeah. If it's, an, a if, it, if it's an age statement, maybe there's less risk. But you're, the non-age, you've got to be. You're at least welcome. look up the brand. Yeah. Let's see if there's any reviews of other. Maybe go to the Scotch for Dummies website. <laughs> see if we've there you go. drank a glass of that. Yeah, 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 if, we, if we reviewed it, it's on the website. So you can just pull it up and there's a whole table. You can do it real quick. You know, Great like for that. your mobile phone. Yep. Mobile optimized. Responsive. So I would like to see Dr. Scotch. I have some questions you do. for Dr. Scotch tonight. Um, and we have a, a special new... Uh, Intro for Dr. Scott. Well, I'm going to have to go see if I can find him. <laughs> he may not be ready. <laughs> I bet he is. Hey, all hey, 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 Dr. Scott hey, hey, here. Who's here? I'm not a doctor, but I play one on YouTube. <laughs> so I, I heard today that you guys were going to talk about non-age statement whiskeys. Yep. Yep. Well, one thing about having non-age statement whiskey is that sometimes, you know, you like this kind of brown color in your whiskey. Well, if you're putting three-year-old whiskey in there, it's probably not going to have that color. Why is that? Well, weird. because there's no barrel influence. I in thought you just, you know... You put whiskey in the barrel and poof, it's like dark and... If it's a second, third, fourth refill, there's almost no color. So what, so what you do you do about that? You add a colorant. So tonight we're going to talk about E150. Now... That just doesn't sound healthy. Yeah. So the, the thing is... I, I, it I, uh, sound healthy. It, it is arguably not unhealthy. So E150 is basically a caramel coloring where they take sugar and they kind of cook it until it becomes different levels of brown. Hmm. The way from, all the way from yellow <laughs> to red to black. Are so you, here's, are you here's, to show this? Here's an image. Give, give me a second. Yeah, so there, there are multiple, I've got a couple of graphics for today. I, I, didn't, I don't have the whiteboard today because I don't have enough colors on my whiteboard marker list to be able to do it. Is that um, picture up right now? No. Yeah, so, so there are multiple Hopefully. colors that, will, um, that you can get from U150. Now, there are also multiple layers of E150. There's E150A, B, C, and D. Now it's up. 
And so what's on the on the TV right now? It looks is, like you're it, really hydrated. It, yeah, I was say. You're not hydrated <laughs> yes. at all. So what you have is a, it's, a, it's, a, it's so, podcast, by the way. So. Yeah. So what we're showing on the screen is essentially a color wheel of, of E150, and it's it's basically the level of tincture powder and coloring and and imaging that that um, goes into it. And there's another graphic that's probably a little bit better for this, but you can have E150 coloring all the way from essentially. Um, well hydrated all the way to black. I mean, essentially <laughs> really dark. So the other other graphic we're showing now um, goes through, and, and actually the EU has classified different color levels and different products to give you, you can put in. You use E150A with this concentration, you get a color intensity of 44. But if you use E1C, what, that is Dow product number 385, you get a different color intensity. So, but the key with this is, um, Predominantly, the colorant used in Scotch whiskey is E150A, and that is designed specifically for high-proof alcohols and somewhat acidic environments and, and um, materials that use a lot of sucrose. But the, dip, the reason you'd use an E150B or C or D would be um, they can be other they can be a food additive for um, brownies or beer or um, cookies or whatever you want. And so basically, if it's a if it's um, basic, you know, a uh, lot of ammonia and stuff in your cooking, you'd use a E150B because it's designed for basic. But it, there are other colorants that are more color fast based on what you're doing with it and what the environment of the, the chemistry of the food is. The beauty of E150A is it is probably the most color fast of all the, the colorants. So it will stand up to light better. E150B and C, if you put it up to light, the color just fades out completely and it, it just dies. So, so that's why it's typically not used in whiskeys, especially if it's in a clear glass bottle. So you would put an E150A in there and depending on what color you wanted your whiskey would depend on what level or concentration or even color component of the E150A that you purchase is. So you can, there's, you can do anything with this. So um, I know one thing that's the probably the best way to find out um, what whiskey, what if your whiskey is using colorant, is you go to the German version of that bottle. <laughs> and we found this on our pre-show. Yeah, so, and, so and we, find somebody who speaks German. Hoagie. Well, that, so it's funny because I was looking this up and I, and I, I, I have, I'm cheating here because I do have some websites pulled up that I was looking at and I probably will not be able to get to this. Um, but there is a way to tell on a German bottle if it says <laughs> mit Farbstoff, so with colorant essentially that means that they've added e150 or they've added a colorant to so, the whiskey so you're telling so, me these these distillers yes have to confess to go to like germany in germany and denmark you're required to list if mm. you put colorant in it so that's how so we find cheat. out that log wheel in 16 which i love when i Best whiskeys, at least the standard, one of Andrew's favorite whiskeys, um, um, is is what? is colored, and Lafroy Ten is colored because it's got. If you go to the German label, it has Mitbar stuff on it, um, and it tells you that there's some coloration added. So that's that's the best way to tell. Now, 99% of the people you talk to will say it doesn't change the flavor. All it does is change the color. It's used in such fine quantities. The, I, I have a Did point. you really raise your hand? I had a point. I, can I talk for a second? Yes. Yeah. So I was going to ask a question. So, so are you telling me that there's no flavor in it? That's correct. I was going to ask the same thing. That's complete BS. <laughs> I was actually over 
in Europe, I'm in Scotland actually, mm -hmm. and I was sitting in the bar, and we had over there, we were talking about this exact topic, and we had a bartender that's part of some societies as well over there, does all kinds of different things. Anyway, he he was challenging us. He said he asked the same questions. Because we were saying, we were like, oh, it just add colors. There's no taste to it. Because we had this discussion before mm -hmm. in the past. And he goes, I'll tell you what, I'm going to pour um, two glasses for you. One glass is going to be water, one glass is going to be E150 in it. And he, he blindfolded us, we couldn't see what it was. And we tasted it. There was no doubt in my mind which one was E150. Correct. Was and, I, and I remember that video. And he put a lot of E150. Now, he, now to, to your defense, we're talking volume and chemistry here that's beyond, beyond me. But in that instance, you're probably right. He probably loaded it up. So but it was definitely so like a syrupy it, taste. It can take, it can take 10 drops of even 50 to color an entire barrel. They got probably 10 drops in a small glass of water. Mm. Plus, plus the other thing you have is typically the caramel color solutions that you're talking about are based with, they have a spirit base. So they're, they've got some alcohol in it to help it blend in and mix more, more efficiently with the, the spirit. Mm. So you're tasting the spirit. So what they point, and, and admittedly, point. the caramel color is only a sugar thing. Well, you know what you do when you toast the barrel? You create you sugar. Yeah. So, so that's that's the. So part. realistically, the the taste challenge that was given to them in the bar shouldn't have been water. It should have been like uh, like vodka. Exactly. Like, that, like a neutral spirit would have been a better. That would have been more a better flavor challenge because you're not just tasting the color. You're tasting the. Out. I would love to experiment in this in the future. Can we can we order some you sure. have a show on this? Yeah, I mean it's it's readily available everywhere. We should do it. It'd be okay. fun. And it'd be kinda of cool to go through. Yeah, I know you podcast you can't see it, but the picture we showed a minute ago showed basically, you know, almost very light yellow to very dark. Very so, dark. Like, so you like can definitely get different flat. shades. Right. Yeah, like Guinness beer probably yeah, has E150 to comment. give it that really dark comment. So you said it is cooked sugar? Yeah, yeah, it's it is. It's caramel coloring. So they, they take the so sugar. You would think you would taste that. Well, but it's such, it's such low quantity though. Okay. And and it's and it's extracted and it's not sure. just simple sugar. I mean, it's it's cooked and and distilled and extracted right. and all that kind of stuff in the syrup to get the color out. So right. I have a question. Uh, uh, so are they are they doing tests? I mean, obviously it's some kind of quality control, right? Sure. So they are they doing some kind of refractory test to figure out what color exactly that whiskey is and then balancing out the E150 to make it that that standard color. That would be my expectation because they the um, the E150 you buy, <laughs> there are some good questions here. Yeah, you can buy it. And, yeah, yeah, so, so we'll, we'll get some. So the E150, um, you can get different colors of it. So different wavelengths of light that it absorbs and things like that. And so so there's some comments coming in that I don't... Lots of comments coming in, guys. Sorry, we're, we're trying to get to them. So doctor, why don't you talk about that one? What? Even if it doesn't change the flavor, why be deceptive with the color? Sometimes it's deception and sometimes it's consistency. So remember, these guys are taking individual 55-gallon barrels and dumping into a big vat. And you don't always know what color is going to come out of that vat, come out of the barrel. And so if you want to produce a colorless bottle, or you, know, you, have, you put your product in a clear bottle, and you want your consumer to see the same color every time they buy that bottle, you add colorant to get it consistent. So it may not be, it may be like you add just enough color to get it to the hue that you want, that you want to be consistent with, that you know that you can consistently produce. Sometimes they may not be, sometimes there will be. And they're doing this at the barrel, they're not doing it at the bottle. So no, they're, they're doing it at the vat. Oh, so they're dumping, bigger they're than dumping. Yeah, so, so they dump dumping all the, the barrels, barrels, they right. dump all the barrels, they take a sample. Is it the right color? No, let's add some color to sense. it. All right, now we're ready to bottle. 
Well, so it's done at that stage. And I After think dilution I can, and everything. So my my barbecue restaurant, we're we're bottling our own barbecue sauce mm -hmm. now, and so nice. that process of of ramping up. If if I make a barbecue sauce at home, we're talking cups worth. Yes. Right. And so that recipe is very different. So when I ramp up a recipe that I enjoy at home to a restaurant level, so I'm cooking for a hundred people now. Mm -hmm. That recipe changes. It's not the same recipe that I use at home because I'm using different products. I'm using industrial grade products at that point. Yes. I'm not using stuff you can buy in the store. And so the things that I'm using and the techniques that I'm using are different in a restaurant than they are when I come home to cook. Ramping that recipe up to making 500 gallons of barbecue sauce is a whole different process. And so there are things that come into play to make that product consistent because you're talking about making, you know, I'm going to make 500 gallons and I'm going to put those in industrial containers. I'm going to put them in bottles for the store. And then a month from now, I've got to make another 500 gallons exactly. and it has That's to be exactly, exactly the, the same. same because the consumer expects it to be exactly the same. They want the yeah. same oh, color. Runs out. I want to get the right. same, same And flavor. you guys are all the same on this channel. You know, you talk about your the variations in the bottles. It's a different batch. Yeah. It's got a different color. It's got slightly different flavor. And so when you're making Glenfiddich 15, you want that bottle to be consistent no matter where you buy it, no matter when you buy it. Correct. And so you are using industrial processes to make sure that the consistency of that bottle remains the same. Correct. And there was some comments coming through. You're right. It is also because I want it to look dark in my glass. And that is a, a what people like. That's like, oh, look how dark this whiskey is. It must be great and fantastic. So you're right. So to a, a novice consumer, that can be an influence that, that I want to see dark whiskey in my glass. So that that is perfectly as well. But, you know, to your point with coloration for the consumer market, has anybody have a bot? Everybody had a bottle of like Sriracha or some other hot sauce that sure. sat on your shelf sure. and turned gray? Mm, no, not gray. <laughs> no. I was with you for a second, but no. really? No. no, no. So if you've ever had a bottle of Sriracha on your counter, it turns color as it ages. That just means you're not drinking or eating. eating True, yeah. but it does change, and that may be a breakdown of whatever either natural or artificial really? colors are in there. Now, it doesn't necessarily change the flavor. It just means the color is breaking down. Hmm. So you had color, a consistent color. U158 is really really uh, color fast. You know, you don't want your barbecue sauce turning gray on the shelf. Not so much. <laughs> it's, in, it's in a clear glass bottle. It's all natural components. UV light breaks down natural coloring. You're going to lose that color if you're not careful. So that's what I'm saying. Good to know. Yeah. yeah. Good to know. And we've all looked at those bottles. It says no added that's color, all. no. Yes. Now... A lot of whiskeys will so, do that. Yeah, and right. actually, that is a selling point. It's <laughs> non-chill filter, no yeah, color added. Exactly. And, and that because they want you to know that that color is all from the barrel. And you can tell if it's a nice, deep, rich color, and they say and they don't say no color added. Where's the other one? Probably color added. So not a big thing. It doesn't taste the flavor too much. It will affect your, it may affect your the way you look at your whiskey because it's dark, rich color. But ultimately... That's why blind challenges are important, and, and some people will use like black glass to do a real blind uh, challenge because then when you, that, when you you're focusing only on the right, flavor of the nose, right. the color has no impact. Totally. But how many times have we done blind reviews if we looked at the color? And it, I mean, it doesn't technically make an impact, but it does. It does psychologically. Well, it's it's a mental thing. I mean, it really is. I mean, you eat with your eyes. For sure, do. And yeah. so if you are looking at darker whiskey, 
you're automatically thinking it's deeper, richer, more full-bodied, rather than, and I mean, I've been surprised by some really light whiskeys that we poured that I was like, whoa, wow. that's crazy. Yeah. That, that being Riek that's up on the shelf is very yeah, light. Oh, it and is. It's, it's a punch in the face. It is. So I, I think that, you know, sometimes the color can be misleading, but I think a lot of times there's a lot of distillers that are utilizing it to make a consistent product. They're not trying to be deceptive. They're just trying to some make are. the whiskey. Some are. Well, but some are, but I mean, if you've got to be consistent. If you are the the master blender at Glenfiddich, you have a very expensive product that you are trying to shepherd through and make sure that you're putting yep. out a consistent product to all of the people that really enjoy your well, product. Across the world, yep. thousands of cases of this stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome, Dr. Scotch. Thank all you right. so much, man. Well, I hope it Thank worked you. out. Talk to you guys later. He was. Yeah, he was here. I miss him every him? time. He left, but Molly time. showed up. Hey, Molly. hey, make sure you guys, by the way, the raffle is going on right right now for a Craig Alecky 23-year-old from Whiskey Mystery. So hopefully we've got uh, some tickets. We've got a few minutes left. I'll but tell you what. we got a lot of people that I'm like, who's that name? So Mark, Mark That's McKenzie. Exciting. Uh, Don Moore is pretty clear that they put uh, coloration in their whiskey. So you're right. <laughs> they put a lot in, but yeah, they, they make some good whiskey too. Absolutely. They only bottle at higher ABV. Yeah. I mean, if you've ever had a high ABV Dalmore, it's a thing of beauty. Yeah, it is. Like, it's ridiculously good. Anyway, um, are we ready to do this raffle? We've got 24 seconds and 20 people. So make sure you hit pound or exclamation point raffle right now in chat if you'd like to get a chance to win. We're going to do this two more times. So back to back. So we've got three yeah, raffles to get go. on there. So, uh, <laughs> so going back to our, our original point, uh, Mike, about the non-age statement stuff. You've had a chance now to try this Victoriana. <laughs> what do you think about that? I like it. It, it. It's typically not my... I always look for... A lot of people know, you guys know, but I, I look for like a lot of fruit, mm. red fruits and citrus. I know, Molly. In my, in my scotches, and that's what I really enjoy. I'm not... So it... It's there. It's almost there, but not quite there. So. Oh, we got a super chat, boys. Uh oh, super chat from. But can you see what I'm saying? I absolutely see what you're saying. Bobby that, J. That's my. But you like it. said yes, I do. All right, let's get the super chat. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Bobby. 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 Appreciate that. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Hmm. But it's got. You, you have to admit they've done a good job of what it is. Hold on. Let me, let me throw up the quick. Um, Molly Cam, because she's sitting right there. And we sit, have... sit, sit, sit. I think we might, we might miss her head here just for a second. Oh, she oh, really, oh, really, really wants a pretzel. She wants a pretzel really bad. <laughs> really bad. See the tail. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's see who has won the first prize, and we're gonna run it right back again and do two more times. So, so we got three of these samples to give away. Three samples to give away. Wow. Hey, uh, while we're doing this raffle. I want to talk real oh, wow, quick about our, our Scotch in the News. I'm going to pick yep. winner right now real quick. Do it. Do, yeah, Dr. Scotch ran along. Sorry. Pickle Mark JG is the yeah. winner. Yeah. Make sure you email us at scotchfordummies at gmail.com your information, and we'll pass it on to uh, Phil. Yep. There we go. Right All right. Now we got another one, right? again. Yep. And I'm going to start it off right now. 
Time. All right, five minute timer. Five, five minute, minute timer, and you guys have to put uh, Roll with it. exclamation point raffle. There you go. And we're gonna give away another sample, so Molly, hashtag don't mess Molly around. The bomb. Okay, <laughs> All right, so uh, real quick while we're waiting on this five minute timer, uh, Johnny Walker is releasing four new whiskeys to celebrate their two hundredth anniversary. Johnny Walker, uh, extra white. <laughs> super Johnny, white, super, super white, white. Uh, Walker White. <laughs> it's the 200th anniversary, uh, so they're doing a blue label 200th anniversary limited edition. Um, the label features illustrations depicting the 200 year journey of the brand. Um, so uh, it's That'll paying homage to some of the cities and countries that have been years. a part of the brand over the years. Uh, I mean, 200 years is a long time. Long time. Ooh, quick uh, super chat from Zach Andrews. Zach Andrews. <laughs> Here's to working, drinking, and watching whiskey too. Yeah, we'll drink to that. <laughs> Thank you very much. The uh, the second bottle that Johnny Walker is releasing is the Johnny Walker Blue Label Legendary Eight. And Wait this one, it. Ted, my boy, it's gonna be legend. Wait for it, dairy. <laughs> this one has me intrigued. Uh, the the spirit celebrates the 200 years of the craft. It is smooth, milky, really <laughs> mellow smooth. scotch crafted using whiskey hand selected from eight distilleries that all existed in 1820, including rare expressions from long closed ghost distilleries. How much is that? That sounds cool. Ah, uh, let's not carry with the prize, man. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what. When you get the alert that we it, spent the money, it, oh no, I'll give you the wink and the nod, right? Uh, it's been labeled ghost, I, so think about that. I am thinking that's probably going to be like four, five hundred, six hundred dollars. So then they also have two more editions: the Johnny Walker and Sons Celebratory Blend, uh, limited edition release inspired by the launch of the Old Highland Whiskey in the 1860s, which was a breakthrough moment for Johnny Walker and Sons. Um, and then they have the Johnny Walker and Sons Bicentenary Blend. This whiskey is a, sens a sensorial journey down the fragrant aisles of Johnny Walker's original grocery store <laughs> in Scotland. Like, Can you say sensorial? With, with, with layers that reimagine the flavors that shaped Johnny Walker's imagination. I don't. I don't know. What that it's you, it's like watching uh, Willy Wonka. <laughs> right? This is what you call marketing scraping the barrel. Oh my God, <laughs> man! Sensorial. Like, that's the word. I'm gonna, how are we going to describe this twenty dollar bottle? It almost plays into our topic of non-age statements. Like, listen, guys, we've got a bunch of this crap we got to get rid of. Let's come up with some kind of marketing thing. Yes. And put it out that, there. That sounds like the White Walker of Johnny oh, Walker Blue. Oh, good lord. Yes, it does. I mean, blue blue is good. We've and we've given blue some higher marks. I mean, yeah. it, it's actually a really good good blend. And the old classic eighteen or the gold. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, oh, that's the, a good absolutely. One too. Good, yeah, gold. that's a good. But one. I mean, it's also they just like McCallum. They really like John, the brand. Johnny Walker <laughs> is starting to like their whiskey more than I am. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I think that the addition of some of the rare closed ghost distilleries that they've been doing is an interesting 
thing that they've got going on, but I also think that they're yeah. charging way too well, much. Well, my, my concern but... is they're putting they're putting a barrel in three hundred barrel mix of you know they're putting one barrel of Port Ellen and three hundred barrels of other stuff. I'm like, you can't even taste it. It's right. a it's a waste of Port Ellen, quite honestly, to do that. It's like right. an E-150. Exactly. Well, they're putting the, E-150 in. They're pulling no fancy names just to make it even like some, you know, yeah. Yeah. echelons type of whiskey. And it really isn't. But whatever. How are we doing on uh, raffle tickets? We've got 56 seconds so left. There, and there we've are a got lot of people uh, that aren't too proud 29 of. this time. So. All right. There are a lot of people that aren't too proud of um, Johnny Walker. Of yeah. And I mean, you know, I get it. You know, I, I think that they put out some decent stuff. I mean, Johnny Walker Black. Classic. Fantastic. You One of my favorite whiskeys. You know, I know what's interesting mm. is, and this is a good topic as well sometime, is just, just the consistency of what these distilleries can produce. Like some of the, like the Johnny Walker Black, I mean, there are some out there, bottles out there, you get time after time, and they're just money. Like just they're consistent every time. Every single time. And, you know, we didn't talk about this much either about the NAS. I mean, you got to think too. Um, Technology has evolved so much in the last, I mean, even recent years, but even more so like 10 or 15 years compared to what they used to do. So yeah. they're able to reproduce things like, especially in Dr. Scotch's world, like, you know, chemical wise, yeah. so close. Like they can really put stuff on the microscope and, and really yeah. predict things. Yeah. And they can, they can test peat levels and all that kind of stuff. I mean, so. maybe not glyph, but everybody else. Well. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, Glyph starts from a, a neutral spirit and adds things, whereas other distilleries can start with their, their base make and kind of alter it a little bit based on what their barrels are producing as opposed to yeah. randomly doing it. Yeah. Okay, go. Here we go. Ready? Winner. Let's do it. Better not be Bigger Mark Scotch, Scotch on, on the bayou. bayou. So, nice. Guys, what? These, believe it or not, these are completely random. Completely they are random. Not, we That's why I love buys. We're not today. trying to all send them to Louisiana. Because I, I, I think those last two are from Louisiana, aren't they? <laughs> they really are. Yeah, but by crazy. the way, uh, uh, Sunday Evening Scotch said, make sure you go to Whiskey Mystery and subscribe to their channel. Their stuff is fantastic. They do great content. They, Everything is blind just about. So, good and stuff. It's, I, I, as a five-year YouTuber, enjoy just going and hanging out on their channel. Oh, yeah. Uh, just to watch and learn because they, they do a really nice job. So right. if you aren't subscribed, you should be. Absolutely. Yep. So last one is up right now. I just started it. So congrats, uh, congrats Mark, Mark JG and Lee from Scotch on the Bayou. We have one more left. Guys, good show so I, far. I think it's appropriate that Lee won uh, since we're doing the Victoriana tonight. That's um, true. Wasn't she kind of like the impetus? You know what's funny that? is she posted an Instagram today too about all the samples she has. Yeah, she's got four herself to get through it. Well, one more for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd be all right with this one. I, I bet your husband would help you. <laughs> I, I think Mark would be okay with that. So, guys, what do we have coming up? While well, we're waiting on this raffle thing to yep. go to go through, so we got reviews coming, right? We do. We've got some blind challenges coming up. We've got the Doctor Scotch series that we're getting ready to start. Yep. I just put pressure on him, make yep. sure he knows. Well, uh, I don't have any questions. I haven't got any questions in months. Who? So how can they get questions? What was it? What is that Doctor Scotch? So mean? if you go to Discord, if you sign on Discord, you don't need to be a patron. You can just join in, go onto the Discord channel. Which do we have a link in? Mm -hmm. It's in, in our descriptions. Link in the description. There's a Ask Dr. Scotch, like, channel. channel. Put your questions in there. 
some of a lot of people will help with that with the answer but then we can don't answer <laughs> but then we can then we can do a video on it and and it's helpful publish it. it's useful for us because we don't know what you want to know yeah and honestly the same thing with thursday night topics i mean if you've got some ideas things you want to listen to suggestions let us know yeah absolutely guys thank you so much for joining us this evening we appreciate, appreciate it. time appreciate it you guys are the yeah, best We'll see you next Thursday. Monday, the new uh, review drops. You got it. And uh, we'll see you all here thanks next Thursday. Thanks to our special guest for joining us hey, tonight. thanks for having me. Eric, thank you. Mike, thank you. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. See you next week. Good night. Peace out. Stay safe.